Hello, and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 167. I am your host, Kamran Shushtar, and not with me today is James Selig. He is actually taking the week off because, instead, I have with me Miles Dill from Up To It, Down To It. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And also Chris Schneider, who is on our uh, SpyX Family Come We Can't Communicate episode. Howdy, partner. And uh, pretty much we are here for a specific reason. I got these two together because we all like one specific franchise, and it is called Mobile Suit Gundam. And we're going to be talking about three to four, because one is literally like 30 seconds of stuff, uh, Gundam series that occurred in uh, both pretty much from 2000 to 2020 about, really. And uh, before that, we got a little bit of news, but pretty much, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very Gundam-filled episode, one of two. There's another one that I plan on doing in a bit, but uh, I'm waiting for the movie to come out into the theaters first before we even uh, try to do that. Uh, guys, I know uh, we both we all love Gundam, but uh, <laughs> just real fast, actually, what got you guys into Gundam, if we could say that real fast? Hmm. If I had to give the, the short answer... My cousin is very much into Mecca, and he had a GM sniper. Ooh. He, he didn't mind me playing with it because it was the action figure. It wasn't the gunpla. Yo, and to be okay. honest, I think that sets the bar for aesthetics I think are cool. Like, yeah. that, that definitely, if, if I had one thing to encapsulate what I off-rip like, it's probably the GM sniper, too. Like, the olive green and the Hell cool. yeah. And Hell 16 yeah. rifle looking laser gun. Yeah, yeah that dude. was gnarly. So. I'm down. So that was definitely it. Okay. I think... Um, I remember when I was like four, I would always rent episodes of like... And, and not like in any capacity, so I have no idea. Like, I only rented like two VHSs. It was one episode... Like one like VHS of Captain Harlock and another one was of Robotech. And I never, like, branched out. I just knew that this episode had stuff happening in it. And I would always rent, like, these two VHS tapes at the Blockbuster. And the Robotech is where I'm going with it. Because that's, like, mecha. Straight up. And I'm like, yes. And then, fast forward, Gundam Wing on Toonami. There's Gundam Wing on Toonami. Straight up. Like, I saw that, and I was like, whoa! And, um... Well, the rest is history. So, yeah. Like, I don't know. The opening on Toonami that they have, because they have a different, like, uh, instrumental opening, right? Than the <laughs> Japanese one. For Toonami, they just have a an electric guitar. Like, they have a full instrumental cover of the theme. And I just know that the guitar riffs, like, go hard as Heavy Arms opens up its chest gatling guns. And it's like... <laughs> and it's like... And I remember being, like, seeing that on TV and going, like... This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, yeah, Heavy yeah. Arms is badass. Yeah. Awesome looking, Mac. Yeah, and, okay. d- and for the intro, they put all the money into, you know, any show puts all their money, in, any animated show puts all their money into the intro. And so the budget for the Gundam Wing opening, the, the rest of the show, it, it, you tell that they didn't have that much money. But the intro... <laughs> so much money because it looks so good when like all of the because they just have all five 
Gundams in that show do their signature moves in like super high budget anime intro fashion, and it's rad. It's rad. So that's okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I uh, mine was pretty like when I was a kid. I remember seeing Gundam figures at my friend's house. His mm-hmm. brother like made the the figures and stuff, and I never thought anything of it. I was like, oh, what, cool mechs, and then I never yeah. cared, and uh, I never really got into Gundam whatsoever. Never touched it. Never watched it. Nothing. Until uh, I was in, you know, we were in Savannah College of Art and Design, and I had this roommate who's like, "Yo, yeah, man, you gotta watch Gundam Unicorn. We're gonna watch it together." And I'm like, "All right, yeah, sure, huh?" Is that how I sound? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> okay, no, I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> but uh, we, yeah, we ended up watching uh, Gundam Unicorn, and you were the reason why I got into Gundam. And I'm like, Hell this yeah. is a crazy good show. And from then on, like, I never really touched it again for a while. But mm-hmm. then I'm like, I'm gonna go through the entirety of Universal Century, nice, and watch it in release order and everything. And I went through so many shows. I've talked about pretty much all of them, all the way up to Eighth MS team on here so far. Okay. Like bits and pieces throughout, like as I've gone through them. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. It's okay. especially fun that one of them is going to be Unicorn that we're talking about because yeah. I get to talk about how I watched it once yeah. without knowing anything else, and then watching it again after watching everything else nice. and being like, That's I cool. understand so much more okay. now. But I gotta I gotta add real quick how yeah. um, Miles is also the reason why I saw Gundam Unicorn really yeah yeah because like Whoa. i think miles you and i i think we were having a chat one evening about like just like cool fight scenes right and it probably ended up talking about like cool shit in gundam we were probably talking about um 8th ms team and stuff and you were like yo bro listen if you want to see some cool shit like there's this and you you talked to me about the sequence in gundam unicorn uh where all of the uh zeon remnants like band together and attack the federation base and it's like yeah you told me about that sequence we'll probably talk more about it later but that that was the thing and i and you showed me that clip and i was like what is this from and you were like maybe and i was like okay time to watch it i guess so nice nice i'm glad to have had a hand in both of this yeah both of these origin stories yeah, you're, you're you're where it all begins. You're the catalyst, really. <laughs> I just um, love the the big robots. Yeah, dude. That's all that matters. So, real fast uh, before we do start the Gundam talk, I just got a couple bits of news to talk about first. Uh, and the and you know, of course, guys, this is Sutra Side Talk. Uh, every week, we mm-hmm. usually talk what we've been watching and playing, as well as select news for gaming, movies, TV. And the two news pieces we got is the first one, I think, is gaming related. So uh, the Tokyo Game Show occurred this past week. And honestly, looking through it, I don't really see anything worth really talking about. Just because a lot of the games that were really shown at it aren't ones I'm normally interested in. But we got a small website tease from Hideo Kojima, who is also at TGS... And Jeff Keighley tweets out a, an image that just says, who am I? And it's got a woman who's silhouetted that just says, who am I on it? And one guy on Twitter, Jose Molinas, uh, was able to reveal it. And it is straight up uh, the actress Ellie Fanning. 
and I think she's, I guess she plays maybe Aurora in that live-action Maleficent movie from Disney, and uh, she basically plays Sleeping Beauty, but um, it's revealed potentially that she is the one behind the picture, and that's all we know because it's Hideo Kojima, and we know that, okay, he's making something with Ellie Fanning in it. And we don't know what it is. And we also know that Kojima is making potentially two games right now. Because he announced an Xbox exclusive game potentially. But then he also said like he's still working with like PlayStation and whatnot. So it seems like he's making a PS5 game and a series game that are both completely separate. I mean, you know, um, just I'll, whatever they come out, right? I guess. It doesn't matter what it is, right? You're just like, Kojima's name is on it? Look, cool. I'll, I'll right. hear it. I- the way I see it is, like, I'll give it a look, see what it is, but I won't, like, try to hype myself too much. Like, I don't wow. know. I, I, I don't like being on a hype train anymore. It just makes me, like, antsy. So now I just live under a rock until the thing comes out, and then I'm like, oh, it's here. So awesome. Great. I could just, I, great. But I know that for a okay. lot of people, a lot of people waiting is, like, half the fun. So I'm not saying that that's bad. Personally, I, I like waiting. Oh, yeah, yeah, see, there we go. There we go. Perfect. And that's totally legit. I, I, yeah. For me personally, I, I'm done waiting. So. I mean, remember the last time we got a teaser like this? Mm. Like, Kojima's like, here, we have uh, Death Stranding. And everyone's like, what's Death okay, Stranding? Okay, okay. And he shows the trailer, and Norman Reedus is like naked with like a, oh, a baby. A He's baby crying. in a bottle. And there's like a beach with crabs, and Norman Reedus comes out, and he goes, "I don't know what the fuck is happening, man. I'm in a game." <laughs> that was cool. Honestly, was yeah, cool. Like very it. cool teaser. It, it revealed nothing about the game, so nope, nothing. Yeah, we all. I mean, later on, we learned that you play as a prime delivery man, and it was like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> That's super accurate. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm actually. I'm looking. I haven't touched it still yet. I like yeah. played like a bit of it, but uh, I, also I got the. Have it. I'm going to do the PS5 upgrade nice. and then just go in on it. Um, cool. I'm not sure if I'll play it completely straight because I've heard how long it is. Okay. And either you're like completely enamored with it or you're like, I need to take breaks in between okay. this from walking fair, so fair. long. I, uh, um, either way. Yeah, I, I feel like I'd probably really like it. I own it. It's in my library. I just haven't gotten around to playing it because like uh, given my schedule right now, it's like it's one of those things where like I only have time. So, like, I don't have time to get invested in something that's going to require my full attention. And I know Death Stranding is probably a game like that, where I'm, like, I'm just going to want to sit down and play it. Like, oh, no, for sure. So, yeah, that was the... I'm imagining, honestly, we're not going to see any more Kojima stuff until... Um, uh, he might reveal something again, just because it always feels like he tries to associate it with Jeff Keighley. So, maybe Game Awards will see a teaser from that or maybe he just goes i'm gonna choose my other game instead and then confuse the shit out of people further Yo, here's 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 my call it's gonna be a new police knots but visual novel he's gonna bring, i mean he he's he, gonna he bring only, pack, i mean besides gaming he wants to do um yeah movies and stuff too and i i don't know if you guys have listened yet he has a podcast now on spotify oh. uh, that you can listen to and it's this. translated to english now too that's um, pretty cool yeah, I, I think at least two episodes are probably at one or two episodes right now, and the, the first episode's like 25 minutes. I haven't listened to it myself yet, but I'm really excited to. Well, why don't you listen to them whenever you can and tell me if they're good or not? 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see who translate for him too, because I okay. doubt he's going to be doing it himself. Yeah. Uh, and then the other news piece is really fast. Netflix to Doom, which is just the fucking sound effect from Netflix that they call now for one of their showcases, what? even though they just did geek. Yeah. Uh, you know when you turn on Netflix, it's like oh oh yeah, oh, so it's like oh. Uh, they just did like Geeked Week earlier in the summer, and they do this right after and i'm just like dudes just do one fucking thing stop making me have to cover this bullshit but uh i went through it and it's a lot easier and i only got like three things i'm gonna quickly talk about here first off um season two of shadow and bone finally had like a teaser which uh i think netflix is kind of using that in witcher as their like kind of game of thrones lord of the rings ish fantasy stuff Okay. And Shadow of Bone definitely it it feels like CW's Game of Thrones if that makes sense. Um, I can see that. It, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. No, I the, can see the way that. they kind of pull it off, I'm like, yeah, this feels very okay. CW-ish. Like, but it's I like, at least slightly better yeah, quality. Than I like CW. a lot about Shadow and Bone, but I think your accurate assessment of it being kind of CW-y, I think it's because I think it's based off. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's based off of a young adult novel series, right? I will pro- yes, it's a novel series, okay. and I'm pretty sure so, it's a young adult. So here's yeah. the thing: they they really emphasize the whole like like you know like because like, there's a moment where like the um the the female protagonist like gets sort of seduced by like the bad boy like like the villain the villain yeah. yeah but he's like a hot bad boy villain right so of course she like kind of falls for him and the whole time I'm thinking like man this feels a lot like Twilight like. Um, Jesus Christ! It's not as bad, I guess. But but the whole time I'm just like, wow! Like this setup, it's just like 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 this dark, mysterious, hot guy just comes in and is like setting you up, girl. Like you should know better than this. But anyway, the whole time it it really gave off a young adult novel. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And the, the 40 second teaser really does just do like a teaser. Like you're not really getting anything out of it. It's just like, here's characters. And you're like, yeah, okay. okay. And uh, it ends pretty much with like uh, the re- release year. <laughs> They're like, yeah, 2023. Well, you don't know when. At least it's you just next know it's year, be... I guess. Yeah, you just know it's coming next year, which yeah. isn't the only thing coming next year. Uh, well, actually, this year still technically. Um, the show I, ca- I kept forgetting about because I kept forgetting they were doing a spinoff. But uh, the Witcher Blood Origin prequel show uh, is coming in December, and it's got like a little poster with like a sword on it and stuff. But it's just a, you know it's set like twelve hundred years before the regular show, uh, and it's gonna be interesting because it's not really part of the novels that were already made, so it's kind of like new territory for the Witcher. For... You said hmm? this is for the Witcher. Yeah, it's called okay. The Witcher Blood Origin. Okay. It's just to be the origin of the Witchers uh, mm. and whatnot. And also, like, I think they're going to do the origin of the um, big, uh, the I forget what it's called, but um, the big event that the merging of the spheres, I think. Or... The conjunction, yes. Where all the, the different, the planets, like, collide and all the monsters and people, like, fly in. It's really, like, conjunction, it's supposed huh? to be, like, the people from Earth fall in there. Because it's, mm. I think the Witcher world is straight up just elves and dwarves and stuff Mm -hmm. and then or at least just elves and then the humans fall in from like europe or something and they're like oh what the fuck okay and uh monsters fall in from another one and all this other shit and then the elves are like don't take our land so 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 it's called conjunction yeah the conjunction of spheres uh now Uh, now tell me tell me what's its function 
to conjunction. Conjunction, junction. Yeah, I think it's your function. Yeah. Anyway, I got, yeah, I got it. Yeah, but the show itself is called Blood Origin. All right, got it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that comes out in December, so that's actually much sooner than I expected. And then I just remembered right. they came out with that animated movie that's about um, what's his face, Vesemir. It's called uh, like Night uh, Night of the Wolf or something. And I still haven't watched it. I completely forgot about it, and it's been out for like almost a year now. So I should probably get to that. And then uh, they did say in the summer is when season three comes for uh, the actual mainline Witcher show with Henry Cavill. Nice. So, yeah. Do you like that That's show? Really, honestly, do you like that show? I haven't seen it, but do you like it? Um, I think it's okay. Okay. I'm not like super grasped with it. Like I enjoyed the first season more than the second. I think the second season either, I don't know. The second season just kind of felt okay. But I'm okay. also coming into it not having read the books. Okay. So you played really the games? Do... Have you played the games? I played three. So I played Witcher 3, and then okay. I watched the Netflix show. That's all I've done. Okay. I do plan on reading the series, though, and then going back to either attempt to play one and two. Okay. But I might just go through the stories of it instead, and then mm-hmm. replay three. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was the Witcher Netflix. Um, wow, that, we'll was just little, get, uh, that was a little... Jump. Yeah. We'll, we'll jump into Gundam now, though, guys. And... Uh, Starting off with Gundam Igloo. So, this show, like I said, it was very interesting. Like, I've gone through all the different other Gundam shows, release order specifically with Universal Century, and it was fun kind of going through the eras of, like, you know, starting off in the seven, late 70s with the original anime, and I'm like, wow, this is, like, one of the earliest animes. This is really cool. And getting through, like, Zeta and ZZ in the 80s and um, Char's Counterattack at, like, the end of the 80s and whatnot. And moving into the 90s, seeing, like, Victory Gundam and 8th MS Team. And I'm like, wow. So, growing up, if I had watched Gundam, I would have specifically... I don't know if I would have watched Victory, because it was, like, for during the first half of yeah. where I'd be, like, three or four. But, like, 8th MS Team, I realized, I was like, oh, my God, if I had watched when I was a kid, it would have been 8th MS Team. And I'm like, that's yeah. really cool. And I noticed, like, oh, okay, so there's a show called Igloo, and it's pretty much the entire duration of the 2000s, like the the entire first decade of the 2000 era. And I didn't, it didn't like click in my head for a bit that I'm like, oh, right, these guys are probably rotating between different universes. Like they have Gundam Wing, Gundam Seed, G Gundam, all these other different uh, Gundam franchises that they're probably rotating in between. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, that's why there's not that much Universal Century, but I'll check out Igloo. And I learned, like, okay, this is not what I thought it would be because I'm thinking it's, like, three different full series. And I get to, like, the first one, and it's, like, three episodes. And I'm, like, like hour long or something? And it's, like, no, they're 30 minutes. And I'm, like, oh, okay. Mm. So three episodes that more or less make a movie, and they do that for all three seasons. But each season is a little bit different. Like, the first two are connected where... Uh, so altogether, this whole s- this series, when you put them together, it's nine 30-minute episodes. And uh, the first season uh, is connected with the second season, where you have this kind of experimental ship, or the ship has got an engineer on it that keeps uh, experimenting and doing tests on new weapons that they're trying out in the war. And they're testing them on, like, Federation uh battles and stuff like they'll enter the and this this is a zeon ship so they're going trying to fight the federation and they're like we're going to test these different weapons out and each weapon is tested by some different specialist and something 
And it's a very ridiculous show because one is, I guess, uh, it is the fact that each time this episode happens, it focuses on that character that is testing that weapon. And it always ends the exact same way where they go, I'm dead. And each fucking Wait. dude dies each time. Wow. It's, yeah, each time. That's uh, actually, uh, actually kind of cool. Yeah, and then they go, this weapon didn't really work the way we wanted it to or something. Like, uh, the first season, the three episodes, the, the first episode is a space cannon. And this, yeah. like, they're um, pretty much being obsolete soon. And the dude's, like, the last one on the ship and he's like i'm gonna use it till i die and then he's like i'm gonna die (laughs) (laughs) like the space cannon explodes it's ridiculous Uh, okay the second one is straight up just a tank okay and they use that and it's like this cool super tank like like a gun tank or or a tank 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 Um, just a big super tank tank not even a gun just a big super tank tank and they use it to like fight i think either other tanks or a mobile suit i don't recall okay and then the final one of that season is a zuda mobile suit and the zuda mobile suit is at the same time where they're trying to really um this is basically the pepsi to the zaku what <laughs> and they're like yeah they're it's it's very similar to the zaku but it's a different type of model where they're like one of these two is okay. going to go into full production for the zeon okay, okay and okay. the zaku wins out and they're like oh, we're gonna do you, mean, you mean that the zaku is the coke and the, this was the pepsi yes okay and they okay, pretty okay, much okay. have like three zuda units and you're like oh shit and they're like yeah these are all we got um we're not gonna produce anymore sorry and like one the pilot basically explodes with that one too jesus and oh my God. they have like two it's funny because they have two more and they go you know what we're just gonna let you guys keep those two zudas and they'll be your ship like they'll be uh the ship's protection is these two Zuda oh mobile suits. you mean the two models that didn't make the cut yeah and they, it's funny because they right. actually function well but it, they're just like we like zaku's more pretty much okay. but it's a cool little like origin of like that there could have been something besides the zaku's i guess uh it was it was interesting. I should preface this by saying I have not seen Igloo, so all of this is new information to me. Uh, anyway, that's all. Uh, the a, second, yeah, Miles, go go go. I was a big fan of the tank episode when it shows the Federation tanks fighting the Zaku, because often. Oh, are you talking about in the third season when they? Yeah. It's the Federation point of view. Yeah. Ooh. So that, that's the one I'm the most familiar with, so I think that's the one I'm going to speak the most on. But yeah. one thing that's always kind of frustrated me is, to me, Mecha is like the, the true fantasy of the, the sci-fi genre. If, if it is even sci-fi, like I, I think it could be just a fantasy subgenre, because at some point you have to make a crazy justification to have a giant robot in it. And something that's always frustrated me is when you go online... There's a lot of people who are so, I guess, logically oriented, even in fiction, that they can't wrap their head around a mobile suit being more efficient than a tank. (laughs) And something I think that's genius in Gundam, and one of the better things I've I've ever seen in sci-fi, is Gundam probably has one of the best uh, justifications for giant robots, and that is these new reactors that have enabled 
I guess, the, the proliferation of space technology and colonization. They create a, a radiation that, at that time, messes with uh, all the systems that would make weapons like tanks, missiles, uh, any like smart weapon becomes unusable. It has to go back to line of sight. So the, the Minovsky particle, right? Yeah, the Minovsky particle. So in theory, a force of like infantry and tanks should be more than a match for Seizaku. But I think it's a good series in showing that Gundam is on its own set of logic, and it shows how mobile suits essentially trout uh, these machines. Because, I, you know, it's stuff that you don't really think about. Just, like, a tank can only move in almost like a car. So when you're shooting, uh, a tank fires, say, 120-millimeter shells. The Zaku machine gun fires the same type of shell as a machine gun. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it makes, like, piecemeal of these tanks. Yeah. And it was nice to get, like, an a actual example outside of space on why, yeah, mobile suits are so fearsome. Yeah. And, and I think it does a good job in that. Nice. Isn't there... Okay, this is a little sidetracked, but going off on that idea, though, there... I think there's, like, a game, or... I'm pretty sure it's a game. Uh, but there's, like... No, I think it's a... I think it, it might be a... Oh, God, I feel bad now. All right, look, I can't remember... Is it a Gundam game? I can't remember if it's a game or, or a short series. But basically, here's the thing. The premise of the story from this either game or short series... Is that it, it follows a Federation tank battalion at, in the in the one year war, and I think, I think it's it. Mm -hmm. Is it? They all die. Do they all die? I think they do all die. Is that Igloo? That's that's this one. This oh, is what Miles that's, is that's talking about. Awesome. Okay. This is the exact okay, one. Okay. Yeah. Well, this was yeah yeah. Then what I saw uh, the little bit that I saw was from the Federation point of view, and it's basically how like this tank battalion ends up being able to take out like several mobile suits with extreme difficulty even though they're a tank battalion and it's like yeah like a battalion like ends up losing like they only like they take out like a re like from unit to unit like it's a they take out a small number of mobile suits i think it's uh, like three it's like three mobile suits and then three, like yeah and then it's like straight up like 20 tanks. Yeah. yeah. So the first two seasons are very much connected and it's from the Xeon point of view. Okay. And the third season uh, is just three different Federation stories nice. of the Federation POV. Um, which the, the second season... So going into the second season of Igloo, you're like, oh, okay, so is this the same crew? And you're like, oh, yeah, it is. And it's like, oh, how is it going to be different uh, this time around when you're watching the first episode? And they go... It's not. It's and I'm like, oh. What? It's not. <laughs> and so they're like, hey, this dude's like this epic marine diver. And he's going to utilize the, the Zegok diver mobile suit. Mm. And it's like this cool diver suit. Dude fights down there. Wait. What happens? Does the, I forget. Is the Zegok, is that the one with the missile launchers on the head or the one with the extendo claw arms? Um, I think that was the extendo claw arms, okay. I want to say. I, no, wait, the one wrong, from War sure. in the Pocket. Those... No, that's the High Gog. High Gog. Oh, okay. okay, thank you. Cool might be the missile head, though. Thank you, Miles. Yeah. Yeah, Miles is more, much more well Like, Like, I remember, I remember... I'm just happy they, I knew yeah. the name was Z-Gog, I remember honestly. what they look like and what they do. I just don't remember their official names, necessarily. Gotcha. Yeah, except actually, for... Me... Except... Oh, wait, we're not there. We're not at Unicorn yet. <laughs> but I, I remember one name. 
in particular from Unicorn. And it's the Bilaret custom. And we'll talk about that later. That was cool. So it does have a... Yeah, I'm looking at it, and the picture does have it with, like, uh, holes on its head, which probably signify a missile launcher. Uh, yeah, the, our torpedo launchers probably. So yeah, torpedo aquatic. launcher. Um, yeah, oh, it's funny because it, it has... Does it have, like, the, 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 the nub arms that extended the claws? Like, It does have one claw arm and then the other arm doesn't look like it and it has like a cool oh, sword thing it rides it on Nito. i think because it's, it's funny because the the picture for it is the cg from the show oh okay okay version okay, okay. for the model <laughs> got it uh which is really funny but of course you know it's funny because the dude has like a full backstory and unlike the three test pilots from the previous season i'm like i like this guy and I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is Igloo, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, it is. And he's like, I'm also dead. And he actually goes missing in action because he never, sh like, they can't find him. Um, but he's pretty much dead. Like, he dies in the depths of the ocean. That, uh, it's pretty, he's like, honestly, I, I, he's like, the ocean's always been a part of me. Honestly, and he dies the, with the it. Big, one of my biggest, one of my biggest fears. Oh, dying in the ocean? Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. Um... It's interesting too, because the so the crew of the ship that are the ongoing characters that don't die every episode is like this captain who just kind of looks always just like, wow, we lost another one. Jesus uh, Christ! And like this this woman that's like on kind of like administrative, but also still I think like military grade. Yeah. Uh, she's like the same rank as him technically, but like a different branch. Mm. Uh, and she's like in charge of like I guess like the project, so she's always there. And it's like her name is like. Con lieutenant cadillac i want to say or something yeah straight up and uh there's okay. the ensign who is the one conducting all the experiments so he's like fitting up the the mobile suits and he does all the reports after and yeah. sends them like to his superior and then there's another pilot who's more of like the one that's like piloting the um not the zaku what was the the ship the zuda uh, like he's one of the guys that pilots that just cause he's there to like protect the ship more than anything. Okay. And, uh, you get after they're like, we're getting cadets, we're getting a shit ton. And there's like this older commander that joins them and the cadets are like, we're going to have, you guys know the, um, is it the ball turrets? What they're called? Oh, the, the ball, yeah. balls. Yeah. They're literally just called like balls. Like there's a, yeah. there's a production number, but it's like, a, it's like an MS, like blah, 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 ball. It's an art. No, it's like an RG something ball or something. Oh, so boy. for some reason, yeah. the Xeon are like, well, we want our own balls, but they're like <laughs> fucking slightly different shaped balls where they're kind of like rectangular or some shit. And they're called the, they're called the Ogo. <laughs> And sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, the Ogo, uh, they're like, the, we have these Ogo <laughs> units, and all these cadets are going to use them, and yeah. they're headed up by our main cadet, who is actually Cadillac's younger brother. Uh -huh. And he's like, don't worry, sis, I got this. Yo, what does he get? He gets dead. And she's like, uh. my fucking brother, my little brother's dead. He's like, straight, these are all cadet kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, some of them die, but not all of them actually. And then they go like, oh, we're going to go fight. Um, I think they go to, I want to say, because in the original Mobile Suit series, was the final battle at Obawaku? That's the final battle, yeah. Okay, the, the giant fucking rock fortress. So they go there and they enter the fight and uh, pretty much like 
the, it ends with like the en the ensign takes the final experimental unit and uses it himself, and it's the fucking big ring, which is a monster mobile suit with a particle cannon. And they're like, we're going to use this big ring particle cannon to literally blast open Federation, just actual ships, not the mobile suits, but yeah, I mean, yeah, blast yeah. open ships. And uh, yeah. they end up sending out like the Zudows, the Ogos and uh, everything else. Like even Cadillac comes out of her depression of seeing her brother die and like the other pilot are going in. The yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. commander who sends all the cadets to die is like, I'll go too. <laughs> and pretty much like. They all go out and they like allow the their ship to escape, and he's uh -huh. like, "Oh my god!" They all gave their lives to the battle, and then they go, "We're gonna surprise you." Okay, only the commander guy died. Uh, everyone else is alive, and you see like the That's the awesome. wrecked like yeah the Cadillacs the the other mobile suits are alive the the giant like fucking what's left of the um big ring is like floating kind of carrying everyone. Is that is that like a mobile armor? It's like, um, you know those really big ones that they always show off sometimes that are just kind of like these big, almost like, it's like a ship-sized yeah, mobile, mobile suit. Armor, yeah, mobile armor. Mobile yeah, armor. yeah, mobile armor. Okay. Sorry, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fine. Uh, got it. Got yeah, it. That, okay. that's kind of what, yeah, it was pretty much that. Okay, and right on. They escape and, like, the show ends with them like, we did it, we survived, and, you know, the Federation <laughs> won, but we're all alive. That's all that matters. Um, it was very cool the way they pulled off. All right. You're actually pleasantly surprised that they all didn't die. Yeah, especially with um, the precedent they set of, like, every test pilot getting murked, right? Like, Very much so. Yeah. Which is why I was okay. like, I'm like, what the hell is this season three going about? Are they Remnant? And then they're like, no, it's ah. the uh, Federation POV, and it's back to the one-year war again. And that's when you get straight up, like, uh, the, uh, what was it? The, the tank squad that Miles is talking about, which was the second episode. And who, who dies? Everyone. Uh, yeah, and the yeah. whole thing with the third season is they've much more emphasized the angel of death, where it's straight up just this, like, spirit woman who's like, I'm the hot angel of death and you're gonna die. And they're like, you've been haunting me for so long that I will die. I'm sorry, what? And Wait. Yeah. What the it's, fuck? It's, what? There's, what? Like a CG, there's, like, a CG, like, oh, lady that's just there and she's like, I'm death. And you're going God. to either everyone around no. you dies or you will Ugh, die. This is why I hate new types. It's because of this ghost shit. Okay, sorry, we'll get into that yeah. later. Uh, the first episode though wasn't the tanks. It was actually an anti-mobile uh, suit tactical squad. So it's straight up dudes with like oh, mortars and rocket launchers, yeah, 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 and yeah, they yeah, get yeah, yeah. fucking destroyed. Yeah, but they're bad. able to at least also take down like right. the Zaku. I have and a stuff. question. Do, do yeah. any of them get into a situation like Shiro Amada did in Eighth MST? Where he fucking sidesteps a Zaku machine gun. Do no. any of No, they the, all they do is die. They like do. third season is straight up no one lives okay. the series. Because now here, I bring this up because Shiro Amada should have absolutely died to that even though he sidestepped that bullet, that was like a hundred and twenty millimeter shell. Like that should have ripped the skin off of him. I mean his service doesn't it cost him an arm and a leg, so Okay. Literally. He should have lost way more than that way sooner is what I'm getting at. Understandable, yeah. Uh, I mean, that show, that show, I would just want to say, that show, the final show. episode of that great show, show was a great show until the last episode. I was like, what the fuck am I, I watching kinda, with the last episode? Shit gets a little crazy in that last episode. I kind of... I think... 
what killed me was like i watched victory gundam and it was out of all of the gundam shows i watched it was easily the most depressing one mm-hmm. uh where they're like hey we're gonna make sure you're depressed 24 7 wow. like, that sucks because they're like here here's this all-female squad of pilots called the strike team you want to watch them die every episode and i'm like no and they're like well too bad and i'm like oh Whoa. no welcome ron uh, thank you for telling me about that because i'm not gonna watch that now it's tra- it really is it's ella it's like it's supposed to be the farthest like in the universal timeline it's yeah. the farthest like along in the future okay where they're like oh it's the zanskar empire and i'm like i don't know what the fuck that is yeah, yeah, yeah but uh yeah it's it's very very Shit goes it's the bad. most depressing Shit one goes yeah bad. got it so uh the final one this was actually interesting the final uh episode was gun tanks and it was a three gun tank squadron that was basically the suicide squad it was like three Fuck. that were like treasoned or whatever so yeah. they're like you guys just go and do stuff till you oh, die oh shit and like, that's cool yeah, i like that yeah and the the leader is this uh woman that uh, apparently she was in it because this uh-huh, guy stole uh-huh. secrets uh-huh. and was actually a Zeon spy and like he like left with it uh, like all the info and shit and she got like court-martialed for all that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so she knows that he's been designing these like big kind of moving trawling bases kind of like similar to a sand crawler but a massive like basically giant fucking mobilized it, base is it, is it is it like a white base that can't fly I guess so, yeah. Okay, more or like less. A, a land battleship. Okay. Yeah, land battleship. Got it. And got it, got uh, it. they're trying to destroy these, and she's like, "He's on one of them because he probably he designed it." And it turns out that he's actually a spy the whole time, mm. so he's actually working for the Federation, but she has no idea, and she kills him. Yeah. And uh, it ends up like I think the way she kills him is she straight up suicide rams his land ship with her own gun tank to blow them both up, but. Like her squad dies throughout the episode. Yeah, and then uh, they like take, they take out one land tank, and then they're like, "There's a second one." They're like, "Oh fuck!" And then that's pretty much what causes mm-hmm. them to die. But goddamn, uh, that one is very epic, and it's just they they just emphasize tragedy. Like the entire yeah entirety of Igloo is just like, "Hey, we want to just focus on tragedy <laughs> and keep enjoying it." And I'm okay. like, "Okay, yo, that that seems like." Uh, you definitely see that shit a lot more in anime than, or in Japanese animation than you do in uh, animation. Western. In animation from other parts of the world, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Something like that. <laughs> it's weird. It always struck me as they're trying to reconcile that they're promoting war through these ridiculous mm-hmm. toys, so they always want to have a lesson at it. And yeah. yeah. I, I do appreciate it because... Um, in a sense where Star Wars is so saturated with happy endings that people yeah. are, are shocked to see a, a downer. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side, I get really excited in the Gundam series if my favorite character survives. Yeah, that is true. It really is yeah. like it, it, it is an- like Gundam really is anti-war because you're like, this is so cool. And then they um, they heavily emphasize this character you like is going to fucking die. Yeah. and. 80% of the time, it happens to also be a woman. And I'm like, why are I you know, doing this? I know! Gundam loves killing girls. Can we like, talk why? about unicorn now? Can we fucking well, talk about In a sec, in a sec, very soon, very soon. I just want to finish yeah, off of course, with, well, at least like my portion of Igloo. Um, it, Igloo was very interesting to me because it was incredibly strange where it comes at a very strange time. Like when you're looking at the Eric Kane, 
it's the 2000s it's straight up like you had 9-11 and then you had igloo and then like it's not until like 2010 when unicorn comes but it's like this early 2000s time where all of a sudden there's no universal century besides this you're getting like lord of the rings you're getting uh, a bunch of other like movie franchises that are going on like harry potter and whatnot but uh the animation portion like you're coming off the 90s the 90s you have victory gundam and eighth ms team and they're very much like traditionally drawn Mm -hmm. 2d animation and you get igloo and it's just they they're like hey we're gonna try out cgi like everyone else's and it comes out and you're just like holy shit like I, i go back and i'm watching everything like i watched all the other gundams and they all hold up, even the ones in like the seventies and eighties. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Age, but they feel like put together. And even Eighth MS team, I'm like, oh my god, this looks fucking fantastic. It's from the nineties, but it looks great. Yeah, dude. And I get to Igloo, and I'm like, e- fuck, <laughs> this looks not. This is aged. Like this aged where you open it and you go, this yeah. isn't wine. This is garbage. Yeah, this, this is like, just rotten. Not... This is rotten grape juice, sir. Yeah, and I crack up because it's still like entertaining. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's the it's the difference though, where at least like, all right, you watch the other ones and they feel good, whether it's people or mobile suits. Yeah. In this one. I do like it. The mobile suits in CGI do look cool, but then you get to a human, and when uh, you see the human, you're like, "Fucking right, like, right, goddamn, right, right, right. dude!" The, the yeah. humans is where it kind of throws you off, but like the All voice right. sync and everything else, even though you're watching it in Japanese, uh, so it's the native language at least the animation's supposed to be designed around. But still, it's like too much. Um, yeah, no, it, was, it felt I feel very that. strange. Especially then you go after that, and then the next thing is Unicorn, and you just feel the very big animation. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) It's a whole thing. But uh, before we get to that, Miles, I know, because you watched at least some of Igloo. um, Did you have anything Mm -hmm. on the the Uh, show itself? To be honest, just the tank part. uh, Mind you, that one I haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, Something I remember is, I guess, going from like Zero Eighth MS Team and War in the Pocket. um, I've always enjoyed got like i i don't mind the agile gundam shows like i actually like the origin with the more agility they have because it makes it look like a super weapon but i do so also like the hulking machines that that do have problems and such so i was kind of shocked that igmu adapts to these gritty stories but i think that's almost the most fantastical the mobile suit movement gets in this in the universal century like they're, they're doing absolutely absurd things or or like these huge zeon egg-shaped dropships are doing like 150 g turns and then like flying all their troops and stuff so that was pretty funny um very bizarre but at the same time i i enjoyed it like i'm glad it exists gotcha okay so next up guys is gundam unicorn oh yep uh, this all one, right. all three of us have, I would say, a lot invested I've in. I've so many things to say. Th- this one, too, like I said, this is the one that got me into it yeah. via Miles. And watching it again, it's just, like, insane how yeah. uh, how different it feels. I'll just, like, I guess start off with that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember, Miles, when you showed me this show, we were, we were treating it kind of like Saturday morning cartoons when we'd watch it, mm-hmm. where uh, mm-hmm. we'd straight up, like, make our food. And then we'd sit down and just, Aww, like, watch it. Cause that's cool. I, th- I think 
we had a few episodes, right, where we could watch them all, or we, like, yeah. watched them pretty much back-to-back, and then we caught up, and then it was like, oh, these release, like, once every two months or something insane. Yikes. And it, because the episodes were, what, like, an hour and a half, like, over an hour, I yeah, think. I think they might have been 50 minutes, 56 minutes. Yeah, they were they were pretty oh, they were pretty it, long. Was it like the uh, the reboot Ghost in the Shell movies where it was like the extended? Yeah, I, I Ghost in the well, Shell. Were, so Ghost in the Shell Uni- Rise. Sorry, Ghost in the Shell Rise. Unicorn had two versions, so it starts off. It was a six part OVA where each episode was like around fifty to an hour. Yeah, and then after they re released it as like a series, so it was oh. like twenty two minute episodes, and there were like twelve or. like 12 to 16 episodes or something okay um but the ova was like the way to go and Mm. pretty much like we'd watch it like that and i I, like i said i'd never watched any gundam so i had no idea who any of the characters were that's okay they were all new so well some so some weren't some weren't actually you're right you're right because they referenced a lot of stuff that i didn't understand too they did have commander bright so that's true yeah and because uh, I remember we're watching it and Miles sees Bright and he goes, oh, my God, it's Bright. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just went through it. And I'm like, that was a yeah. really fun thing. Dude like, has I, I an age today, baby. Like... No, it, it was great. <laughs> he didn't. Uh, and then coming back now after watching pretty much everything that had come out so far, like the only thing <sighs> I, I think I had watched like a little bit of Origins, but... Um, that was way back when. Like that was yeah. the thing we watched after. I think when Miles and I were still at school, we watched part of Thunderbolt, or at least the first season nice. specifically, nice. and then part of Origins because then uh, the rest came out Ooh. afterwards, and I wasn't watching it on Wait, my own. Come on, I got a question for you. Okay. Yeah. So after watching, oh, so you saw Gun and Unicorn first. After mm-hmm. seeing like the the after getting your dose of the Gundam history and knowing Char is. What are your feelings on Full Frontal, the antagonist from Kind of Unicorn? Well, okay, so it was very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were watching it, and Miles and I were joking, because Miles had shown me clips uh-huh. of, like, a- after watching a bit of it, he's like, yo, that dude's like Char, and I'm like, what do you mean? Who's Char? And he's like, this is Char. And he shows me yeah, a bit yeah. of clips of, like, Char's counterattack of, yeah, like, yeah, Armour yeah, and yeah, Char, yeah, yeah. and he's, like, cha- chasing him on the fucking horse at that country area and stuff <laughs> uh and i'm like okay cool and he's like yeah he's like basically a xeon prince and stuff he's like a very important character and i'm like he's like the most is... important character <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh it's like this it's the same guy then full frontal's just like char and we're jo- oh. like miles you remember we we're like yeah, yeah it's yeah, like it's... this dude's just yeah, a yeah. ghost he's the ghost of char it's like he probably is a we joke we straight up jokingly went like yeah he's probably actually a ghost who's yeah. just now Char. And then it ends with him, like, coming up and being a ghost, and we're like, oh, wow. oh my god. <laughs> we're like, we were joking. We didn't think he I was know. actually a fucking Dude, ghost that's, who turned into a person. That's, that's when you know your character's not great. I'm just saying. Like It, it was funny. It, like, it... Okay, why everything? What his name is awful. His, full frontal. Yeah, it's that's an awful name. I'm just gonna put that right there. Maybe some people will disagree with me. I'm putting my foot down. It's an awful name. 
He just looks like a chunky char. Well, the thing was, it felt like you're not really calling him full frontal practically because majority yeah. of the time he was always in his mobile suit. So that mobile uh, suit felt more like it was named full frontal than he was. Whereas I, you look at him, all right, all right, you're giving him a lot of credit. Char. You're giving him a it's, lot it's of credit there, Gumron. Okay, I'll let it slide, but I think you're giving him more credit than he deserves. Okay, would you would you agree, Miles? Uh, I felt like so, full frontal was more of the mobile suit, and he we just called him <laughs> Ghost Char. <laughs> I, I have a a pretty unhinged look on media. So okay. with, with Gundam. Because it's such lightning in the bottle with the original, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. not intend for this to be as long running a franchise as it is. Yeah, so yeah. For like... something that for like the one year war, it feels like a century of events happen in just one I mean, year, guys, which is like insane. Guys, let's be um, real. It's coming up on half a century. Like, they, yeah. they've extended the events of one of the one year war to almost fifty years at this point in time, like in real time, like. And well, a lot of it takes funky. place after, though. No, no, what yeah, I mean I, is, like, like they've kept that idea going from the 70s up until now. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. As, yeah, as, so as an IP, as an IP. So It's, it's really um, ram-packed with all sorts of lore and details and stuff. Yeah. So it's to the point where I, the guy who directed the new movie, Koku Rudoan's Island, my favorite illustrator, Yas, uh, uh, Yoshikazu Yasuhiko, but everyone's called him Yas. Um, he actually said something that kind of stuck with me, where he was like, look, uh, it's so much BS and there's so much obscure mainstream content that yeah. essentially you're just looking at a chapter of Gundam and it's, it's just like a, a canon as if like King Arthur, like you don't know the chronological events of King Arthur's life okay. and you don't really know what it exactly is canon, but you know, it's King Arthur. So when I watched Unicorn, I was like, okay, well, they clearly want Char for this story. And they kind of hand wave it to where his soul just possessed the clone. And yeah, that kind of sucks. I mean, like in episode nine, that was like a huge meme and how much people hated it. The thing I liked about <laughs> Unicorn was, I mean, for, for a Char rerun, he did his job. Like, yeah. I, I think it's a good foil for all the characters to sure, work sure, again. Sure. And, and he has, like, the set... It's not like he's a lame character. It's no. just an unoriginal one. Okay. And you know what? Actually, you bring up a really good point. Uh, the the true dislike that I feel from Unicorn isn't, isn't Full Frontal. I just kind of take it out on Full Frontal. Because once I get started on hating on Unicorn, it just goes. It stems from the main character. I absolutely hate the main character so much now i love a lot about gundam unicorn i'm gonna put that out there right now there's a lot about gundam unicorn as a series that i love there's so much in it that i think is cool original and like really entertaining and like just like fits right in with gundam and i'm not saying that the main character doesn't fit there i'm just saying that i hate i hate the main character in gundam unicorn i hate benajer whatever the fuck his name is Benazir i links Thank you, Kamran. I hate that kid. I hate him so much. And this hatred has, like, it's poisoned my experience of Gundam Unicorn so much that it's made me not say, like, yeah, I love Gundam Unicorn. Because, there, honestly, there's enough in Gundam Unicorn where I should be like, yeah, I'm a fan. But 
a lot of it just rewinds back to the main character. I hate the main character so much. And he's so pivotal to the story and because he's the main character. And he interacts with so many people and, and it like affects so much stuff, again, because he's the main character. But like it affects the show so much that I, I can't like legitimately say, yeah, I like Gundam Unicorn. I have to like hit those breaks and say like I like Parks and Unicorn. Um, now before I elaborate on that, does anybody else feel the same? No. Um, okay, that's fair. Candid, that's fair. I think Benadryl to me was was very easy to ignore. Unfortunately, like I don't remember mm. much about him. Yeah. All the yeah. other characters, I think, shined a lot more. Yeah. So, Absol- so he- absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of the first times uh, I call it video game syndrome now, where yeah, it, it's just some some shows and stuff just feel like cutscenes. Yeah, like yeah. It, it feels like you're missing so much of the story, or or yeah, like you just missed the level. And Benajra Links to me just struck me as like a video game protagonist. Yeah, because he he's like pretty lukewarm on everything except for like that one moral that drives the story forward that he won't okay. compromise on. And here's and, the thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yo, finish. Sorry. Uh, so, so something that um, is he's actually not uh, an anomaly because a lot of Gundam protagonists, I believe, are like that. Especially, like, say, Stardust Memory, or um, yeah. I I don't want to accuse War in the Pocket of being so because like it, that actually I think is it's done well because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you see the world through the child's eyes. So that that's not the video game syndrome <sighs> one. Yeah, um, I, yeah, absolutely not. But uh, I guess going back to to Bernard, say contrast that with Armoro. I think it, it's kind of annoying that people, I guess, in the last twenty years or so, they want to do war fiction without soldiers, which I think has become a, a very glaring writing problem. Yeah, because here you have a war fiction, and when you don't put soldiers in the cockpit, they just keep making too many irrational decisions yeah. to the uh, point where yes, it just yes. falls apart. Oh my god, Miles, you just summed up what I've been un- unable to, like, express, like, y- yes, absolutely that. Because, like, Amaro Ray, Amaro, okay, Amaro was part of the Federation, right? Right? Yeah, no. technically. Well, not for initially, a while. He was in, like, he, like, initially, he wasn't, and then he more or less joins up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, let's, let he, you know what? Amro's the OG. He kind of gets a pass, okay? But, like, Benajer, right? There's so many moments in the show where it's, like, because he's just a schoolboy, and, like, he sees his friends die in front of him, and he doesn't give a flip about it. Like... He literally sees like 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 collateral damage fire obliterate a crowd in front of him, and he doesn't like bat an eyelash. He might blink, but like he really doesn't care. And and then there's another point where like af- like it's like a third or halfway through the series, he meets up with like two of his school friends who had been embedded into the uh, the the Federation ship. Like, they, they were refugees and found, like, a position on the ship at that point. You know, they were making themselves useful. But, like, they, they're they just like, Benadjur, oh my god, you're still fucking alive? Like, what the fuck? That was a fucked up shit. And he, like, 
he fucking deadpans it. He looks at them and he's just like, oh, hey, what's up, guys? And he doesn't give a shit about them. I'm not going to talk anymore about mm-hmm. that. Well, unless unless you guys want me to. But but what I'm going to say is some nice things about Gundam Unicorn. Okay? Okay. Real mm-hmm. quick. And one of them is the opening. The opening to Gundam Unicorn is one of the fucking coolest things I've ever fucking seen. It's when the cat... Like the, the, the cat the, it's when Marita fights the unnamed faceless pilot of the Stark Jagan and and crew. Yeah. like it's a squad it's a squadron of like three Jagans and one of them is a special forces Jagan and like two of them get murked immediately by her funnel yeah and it, it, it it's it's such a cool sequence where it's like if you know nothing about Gundam it looks cool if you know shit about Gundam you're like you're seeing all these fucking mechanics at work where it's just like oh shit Marita's got funnels like that's high level tech. Like, those are automated drone yeah. things with beam weapons. That's crazy. And the fact that this pilot, this unnamed Federation pilot, who gets no face, you just literally see his hand, like, do some beep boops on the control ca- panel, and he evades funnel fire, which is crazy. That shit's yeah. bonkers. Because funnel fire is not only, like, like, like a bunch of... um um. UAVs shooting at you, they're shooting beam weapons, which are such top-tier weapons in that in like any timeline of Gundam that it's a one-hit kill almost, like guaranteed. And this dude is like, yeah, alright, so I used my missile launchers, but bam, they're gone now. Uh high mobility version. Go. And it has a fucking beam saber fight with this high-end custom mech. And it's crazy. It's such an awesome opening sequence. In fact, it was such a good sequence yeah. that, that there's a there's this manga, there's a manga that uh, it's literally about this office woman who loves to build Gundams, and she befriends a schoolgirl who also likes to build Gundams because both of them are like demographics that don't typically you wouldn't associate building Gundams with. But the whole deal is that like this guy is trying to ask this like office lady out on a date. And she ends up nerding the fuck out about the opening to Gundam Unicorn. And literally just talks about how the Stark Jagan was such a fucking beast. And this yeah. is the opening to the manga. And I'm like, whoa, like, like whoa. Like, I, haven't, I haven't finished this. I, I don't even know what it's called at this point. But all I know is that this manga, like, starts... It starts off like that. It starts off referencing Gundam Unicorn's opening sequence. And it's so cool. And there's so many other moments in Gundam Unicorn that are amazing. Like, top-tier storytelling. Like, for example, the... Miles, the sequence of Mm. when the Xeon attacked Torrington base. Yeah, super rad. You don't even see the... You don't... Again, you see no faces of any of those pilots of those Xeon warriors. But you get all the storytelling you need from the way that they pilot their fucking mobile suits. They fucking go in, yeah. and they're like, like, they they don't just go in to get the mission done. They go in with the intent of revenge, because they go in with their fucking, like, like their heat, their heat sabers and heat hops and shit. They go right for the cockpit. They fucking go for the kill shot. It's like, they can, yeah. disable, they can disable the mobile suits, they can incapacitate them. But they're like, no, we're taking these pilots out forever. And they fucking go right for the pilot seat. Like... For yeah, almost, I always thought that was so brutal. Yeah, like oh, it was incredibly brutal. Like there's a gun cannon, like there's a gun cannon variant, right? They 
what ends up happening is that like three Xeon mobile suits like do do like a drive by. Like one of them cuts off its head, another shoots off its arms, and another just stabs it right in the pilot cockpit. It's crazy. It's so good. Yeah. And like there's another moment where the the Bilaric custom comes out. The the Federation like secret weapon yeah. that's hiding in a a, a hangar that basically turns the tide of this fight because like the zeon are rolling up and they're killing every single gm and gun cannon that the that torrington base has on station right and like all of a sudden there's like this there's this there's a zeon soldier that like he casually shoots a grenade round into a hangar turns away and then gets lit up by machine gun beam fire and then the bilaric custom comes out and there's so much storytelling that revolves around this fight with zero dialogue, like zero characterization of like faces. It's just the actions of the mobile suit. Like there, there's like a there's a Xeon suit that like starts to take fire, and another Xeon mobile suit pushes him out of the way, takes his heat sword, and then goes in for the fight because it's a slightly newer Xeon variant, so he has better yeah. beam, uh, he has better protection against beam weaponry than his ally did. And he's like, no, you get out of the way, bro. I got this. He doesn't got it. He absolutely gets murked. But, like, they go for it. Like, uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, there's so much, like, good storytelling in this show. And a lot of it is wasted on, like, their overt storytelling when it comes to, like, the main character. And it, it makes me really sad. I feel, <laughs> anyway. So, like, um... I guess yeah. Looking at Unicorn, it was incredibly interesting to rewatch yeah. and really just check out again because when we watched it, Miles, I want to say was it twenty fifteen or twenty fourteen? Yeah, I think so. I think it was twenty fifteen. Okay. Actually, no, no, twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. It was twenty fourteen, right? We were still at the lodge, right? Yeah. I think we were watching. Yeah. So it's been about eight years since I had last seen this and trying to remember everything that occurs and, you know, some things were jumbled up a bit. Like there were things I remembered purely like spot on and other things where I'm like, oh, okay, this is a little bit different than I, what I remembered for it and everything else. And it's been also interesting watching certain shows. Majority of them I try to watch in English. This is one of the few anime franchises I watch at least if I can in English and then others, like if I'm forced to watch them in Japanese, uh, like Igloo is Japanese. Uh, ZZ was Japanese. Uh, Victory, I think was Japanese, but I can't remember. Um, and then I just watched uh, Thunderbolt in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this one, like remembering exactly how some of the characters were talking to, I was like, but it felt even better hearing it now than it was then because it made so much more sense and it felt much more improved, especially after watching like, let's say um, ZZ Gundam, not Z- uh, Zeta Gundam in English where they're like Camille. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> like that one, that one. Okay. So without really getting into, cause I don't want to tangent it for, uh, for Christopher Benazir, but like uh, after seeing everything with like, let's say Camille mm, mm, mm. in Zeta uh, watching Benazir was much more, um, I guess doable okay. in a serious sense. That's fair. Because Camille was like, I, 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 if anything, I was always cracking up with Camille because I was like in, in disbelief more than anything. Okay. okay. Whereas for Benajer, I felt like I was getting a lot more 
like this dude just hates it when people kill each other and i'm like okay i get it but he and also he, kills people yeah he also kills people but you know sometimes yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do this shit happens okay okay uh, cover art yeah but <laughs> continuing um the animation for this show as well is so superb especially coming off of igloo yeah like just the seeing the boost in quality because yeah at the same time too you have to understand like I've been watching all of these shows that are, are all these previous entries of Gundam that are from different decades and different eras, you know, so I know that the animation style is completely different. Mm. But at the same time, I've also been watching more ongoing shows like uh, Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, Spy X Family, all yeah, those yeah, different yeah. ones that are all modern. Totally. And kind of seeing the differences in those animations where Unicorn finally shows up. And is in those animations vein of yeah. all these modern ones, yeah. but even in certain aspects absolutely outperforming them where i'm like I, I could be wrong but i'm like why does unicorn feel like one of the best looking animated series i've ever okay. seen period so straight far. up dude it is like, like I, more than demon Slayer, i just i just others. spent like i feel like i just spent 10 minutes shooting on it only for the character but visually it's amazing it's it's incredible yeah, you're not I, wrong. Really, you're absolutely really not wrong. It. Yo, like it's insane how good it looks. Uh, uh, Miles, would you say too? Like, cause I don't know, because um, you've watched a lot more anime than mm -hmm. I have. So, uh, I'd say the thing that my biggest takeaway with Unicorn is I don't think it's Gundam's best CGI mecha when they do have it every now and then for the Unicorn, mm. but I don't think you get to the mobile suit fights that are that smooth. Like, you could look for detail. Like, I think Stardust Memory has better, like, raw detail. If you yeah. look at a frame and compare it to Unicorn. But Unicorn, I think, takes the cake because it's, like, diversity of suits. There's, like, tons of different, wildly different suits. Also, they all have their special and weapons. And also choreography. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Miles, were you? Yeah, you said please continue else? before I go on. I would say Unicorn, I think, is my second favorite for character acting. I nice. think the origins got the best character acting. Um, Yas nice. just has, like, he designed the characters and, and mm -hmm. most of the world and stuff. So I think he's got the best feel for how the characters behave in it. But yeah. Unicorn's a, a solid runner-up, though. Unicorn has yeah. some really, really cool, I agree. fluid movements. Uh, so another thing, um, I guess besides the animation, uh, that stuck out with this show to me specifically uh, was the music, where... yeah. Uh, in the past, yeah. at least with if I went through all the previous Gundam entries for Universal Century shows uh, and movies too, I guess there's nothing really that hit me or like made me go back and go like, "Hey, what was this song?" Like, I, I want to go look this up. I'm very interested in what this mm -hmm. is. And the only things I had really were three intros, and those being the two intros from ZZ Gundam and the intro to eighth ms team yeah and uh besides those like there's nothing ever and you know unicorn doesn't really have an intro unicorn doesn't have any of that it just pretty much cold start yeah like, it just goes into it uh very much so like it has an ending song but it's still like hitting the credits like things are still happening when that the credits hit and the i song. don't remember what it is um so but each one's different it's not the same thing each time each one's completely because they kind of do that uh film style the way they end it just uh, due to the film the each episode's length and uh the music in this one is so 
superb where I've re-listened to many mm. of them, like uh, the unicorn theme that's, uh, I think, they utilize it in multiple episodes, but it's like, you know, Benajer is controlling the unicorn. Yeah. It's that music that sounds so okay. hopeful and bright yeah. and full of uh, really action and all this other stuff. And they utilize it during, I think, parts of uh, Torrington yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. Dude, but... I can think of like, I don't know if it's a theme, but I can think of two moments where the music was like this. This resonates like this is like this was a good choice, like. It's matching yeah, well, up with what I'm seeing. The first one was when he fucking suits up for the first time. You know, when his when his like not dad but maybe dad like tells it him was like, his dad. It was his dad tells him to yeah. get into the suit, Shinji, and he fucking does it. That score was so good that I was like, oh, like like I buckled the fuck up and I was ready for like just to love the whole show. I was wrong, but that's okay. A lot of people feel a lot of people still like it and that's okay but i was like that moment where he like gets into the suit and the psycho system boots up and like the visuals come up like when he first gets into the pod that moment with the or like the music made that moment like chef's kiss the second moment yeah. was when uh during torrington base like you just said like uh the moment i'm thinking of in particular is when kirk's like tries to save like one of his comrades and he has to away his like scope and he sees just like an explosion on the ground like it's where the music kind of picks up it, it's where yeah. like the zeon are like okay they're losing now like they had moxie but the tech they're working with is just not up to stuff the element of surprise is over and now like more of the federation forces yeah. mobilized to exactly the like like the special forces fetties on like the uh the the flying skiffs or whatever like they yeah. they show up and kind of help turn the the tide. Londo Bell unit yeah yeah exactly like there there was a moment where like the music gets like it, it like picks up right there and I remember it's it's like almost in sync with when he puts away his red, his targeting reticle and sees like the explosion yeah. of the friend he was looking at like that moment there is when like the music I was like this is a fucking good show <laughs> like this is a good show like no matter what I whatever crit criticisms i have to say about it like it is like legit it's legit anyway sorry go ahead i like you it just it's one of those moments where you're like this was worth watching and yeah absolutely it, and it wasn't bad in spades you know it was really good um i think for me uh probably my favorite things about unicorn all sorts of different scenarios um yeah. i love the attack on the asteroid base because um the okay another kind of cool subversion is they have that kind of like overweight federation captain and yeah, at yeah. first you think he's gonna be an absolute dummy and stew yeah and he, like, yeah he shapes up to be a very very competent commander if not and he's like, like a an good excellent dude. guy yeah. yeah. Wait, absolutely. the Federation captain or these no, the Zeon captain? Federation. The Zeon captain, captain was overweight. The, one, the all right, all Federation right, captain please. wasn't. He was like more skinny. Uh, please forgive me if I sound a little crass, but but I'm just gonna say the more like uh, okay, wait, wait. You know the more have you have both of you played Overwatch? Yeah. Uh, a little bit. All right, all right. You know the Zarya looking like first officer. That guy, yeah. right? Like that Federation yeah. captain. Right with the Zarya looking first officer. 
Yes. He, he has like the funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The hat. He has no, the but that, that's who he you're talking the, about, yeah. right? Like, at yeah, first, that, that's no. him. Like when you it's first. The, when you I first... think because you're talking about the yeah. captain that will say something and then his the woman that's like his second in command will say something and he'll be like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. No, no. Like, like, yeah. When you first see him, you absolutely think he's going to be a motherfucking like asshole, like, uh, like a fucking under. But no, but he ends up being a cool dude. And that's rad. I like that. I thought it was gonna yeah. be that trope where he's incompetent and they give the ship to her, but yeah. then I do like that that he genuinely listens to his military aid. Yes, absolutely. And has like the the well being of everyone in heart. Like, absolutely. Oh yeah, to the point where um, like when he's, he's, they start working yeah. with Full Frontal's team and the Zeon more or less take over the ship and they're like, "How come we're letting him do everything?" And he's like, "You'll see." And like the actual like infantry do like a full like retaking of the ship in secret yeah that was gnarly that was really dope no like like he's actually like like he got the position of captain of a battleship for a reason you like yeah like not for nothing Uh, it was was pretty rad here i'll be right back you guys but the uh other song really that hit me miles uh the one that honestly like i have used in the gym i have used when i go running I've just looped it multiple times so far since rewatching this show has been the actual Chris saying before the Stark Jigen versus oh uh, yeah Kashatria uh, theme where it's just like bum 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 like that whole feeling of it is so like I'm I'm actually shocked I don't I don't know if you if you saw it played any time besides that but I don't know if it's only played during that one battle. But I'm like, this is probably the best in, like, non-intro Gundam OST in the franchise for me, personally. Yeah, um, th- that one, uh, it, it's got four discs, so you don't have to be shy about looking at the. There's tons of cool tracks. I okay. think it, it's one of my favorites. The The only one I do think is better is the, um, like, Charles... Char's counterattack and the origin, I think, are just more to my taste. But if I had to say, like, objectively on, like, the most possible spectrum, I do think it's widely regarded that um, Unicorn's probably the best soundtrack. Okay. That makes sense. Nice. Yeah, but uh, definitely, like, I I don't even know if the, like, looking it up really fast, uh, I don't even think the song has really a name. It's just straight up, like, uh, it pretty much... Let me double check it. Really, it's it's called uh, Mobile Suit, in on the English album, at least oh, on Netflix. Is? Yeah, I'm not Netflix, Spotify. If you use Spotify, you can find it. Just by oh yeah, I see. It. Yeah, it's because the, the composer is was it Hiro Yuki Sawano? Uh, yeah, Mobile Suit. Yeah, it just says Mobile Suit. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. So that song, Mobile Suit, uh, is the me, probably my favorite song, uh, in the franchise so far. I mean, I, I'll see maybe if there's something in Origins that. Mm hits me more since I haven't rewatched or fully watched it or rewatched the, the beginning that we watched back in like 2015. But, mm-hmm. um, for sure the Kshatriya theme or mobile suit theme is like my favorite. Uh, yeah, dude, dude, good. Going, yeah, so good. Uh, so going through like rewatching it again, seeing all the connections from everything previous was really an eye opener because, mm. uh, like watching it a second time and i'm like okay i now know who captain bright is i understand mm-hmm. completely why he's such a pivotal character yeah, yeah, yeah i understand why it's such a big deal to see him in this like 
later on show where like it's been three or so years at, at least since uh char's counterattack and uh he has like the picture of amuro there mm. and his londo <laughs> bell unit has prospered to where like he has the complete loyalty of his crew yeah. Yeah. yeah where like they'll disobey the federation yeah like he's a fucking like, baller hey, <laughs> we're gonna let uh Benazir do his thing like he's gonna talk to the captain he's gonna talk to the captain you guys aren't gonna watch yeah. him whatever if you're from the fucking vis foundation or whatever and like i'll see him sing maneva zabi and knowing like oh i've seen her like yeah twice already where right? she's an infant in the original series and because wasn't she um she was dozel's daughter right yeah uh, and uh seeing her there and you, i completely forget practically because like he was only in the very first series all the way back in the 70s and he's just gone after that but yeah. seeing her there seeing her in zeta with fucking lieutenant quattro beninga or whatever uh the the alter ego of char and being like yeah oh uh, my god girl. and she's just like crying because she's like five um yeah was ridiculous and then seeing her now i'm like oh my god everything makes so much more sense i appreciate yeah. this character more um and then of course the really like the big thing and knowing also i think looking it up like people were saying like the stark jigan pilot and stuff he was like in char's counterattack. like what? a lot of the people no that wait were... what really well, yeah so a lot of of the pilots that were like of that class yeah, 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 yeah. Were all like veterans of char's counterattack I don't oh think that's like full proof, so cool yeah and it's like thinking like i guess all these pilots that die in some of the pilots that die in unicorn are just kind of feeling bad because they're like dude you survived char's counterattack just to oh, that kind of yeah. okay, to but be fair, um Stark... let me sorry go ahead uh but the right, biggest one which you know without as much tangent as possible yeah, biggest yeah, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. easily being um rita cruz uh and now understanding especially oh. watching zz uh gundam and sing like the uh uh elo plu like that whole like oh uh pole one and pole two and all the clones and sing like all all these clones blow up uh mm -hmm. the tragedy of pole one where she's like actually this nice original girl who gets pretty much murdered by her own clone Rip. and then the other clone gets murdered in kind later on and it's just like dude why are you killing it's one of those funny things where i'm like or not even funny just horrible where i'm like yeah. why are you guys just like killing these little girls like what the fuck's going on and getting up. marita where marita is the only pole to have actually left adolescence and is actually an adult who uh... is the pilot of the kshatriya and she probably was my favorite character along with um a couple others but like she was probably the main one and yep, yep. Uh, I honestly, before I had watched it again, Chris, like you, the way you were telling me, I was like, oh shit, she's going to get the short end. And I had confused her because I thought, oh uh, yeah, Miles, when we watched like, um, Torrington, when you have the massive psycho Gundam, that's oh! just like, yo, I'm going to go crazy and blow everything up. You thought I was I talking about Lonnie. Was... Yeah. But I thought Marita was Lonnie and I okay. forgot that there were two different uh female zeons i'm gonna be real and, i um i feel pretty bad about both feel pretty yeah bad no about for both. sure lonnie you're just like lonnie is her her parents were dead and she's just like I, i'm gonna do yep. vengeance until i die and, and kirk's just died and like oh oh the sniper so kirk's yeah kirk says like don't 
you should live and then she just proceeds to die right after seeing her die and i'm like okay so they're not the same character my bad it was like bad memory from like eight fucking years ago yeah that's fair i uh, seeing her then like she at least lasts a lot longer than i had remembered her um dying yeah and yeah. like she you know she dies and her death is supposed to bring back uh what's his face into all right Blind back from being yeah. controlled by the Gundam. I think it was just the sheer tragedy that she's from this group of girls that were Ugh. clones. They all die, and you think maybe this <laughs> one has a chance to live, and they're like, no, we're still going to kill her. Uh, uh, otherwise, I think this story, just because we're running short on time now, uh, I think the story was good. Yep. And I think this is probably still my favorite Gundam entry, personally. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I had a great yeah. time with it. Animation, music, characters, yeah. uh, the suits, the fights, everything yeah. about this show is just insanely well done. Yeah. And uh, I know narrative, the narrative movie is supposed to be a sequel to it. Uh, and I haven't watched it yet, but uh, our friend, our mutual friend Andreas has said it's not that good or yikes. it's not good Ooh. at all. So I'm going to see how it goes because I don't. I think he said like it doesn't right. even have the same characters, so I'm gonna hey, see come on. exactly Tell what's you what, going on with it. If you want, I'll watch it because I haven't seen it either. All right, we'll see. All right. Um, before we move on to Thunderbolt and finish off, uh, yeah. Miles, did you have anything uh, uh, on Unicorn? So they they have that character Jose in the original Gundam, who's like kind of like the rock for older kids, and then he dies, which is pretty tragic. Um, I did like his archetype appearing in Unicorn as that guy with the, the oh, shade. The general? Yeah, the dude who salutes before he gets obliterated. Yeah, with the rocket launcher. He's yeah. just like, doesn't even have a mobile suit. Yeah, that he was cool. He was really yeah. cool. I like, okay, like, I think they do a good job with like utilizing him and what was his name? Mr. Um, uh, the, the Xeon that uh, Benajer goes to his family's place for dinner. And then he yeah. shields. Uh, he shields uh, Ghost Char. Yep. Miles, did you watch? Have you seen Twilight Axis? I can't remember if I asked you or not. No, I haven't actually. I have not. Okay, so I cracked up. So this was shown at some, I guess, festival, and it was six episodes. And real fast, like it's each episode. I cracked up because I watched it last night, and I'm like, oh, is this like a really? Is it thirty minutes or is it like Gundam uh, Unicorn where it's gonna be like fifty? I look at it. Each episode is three minutes, and I'm like, oh, what? What's the compilation movie then? The compilation movie is 26 minutes. It's basically an episode length of a single episode. And it's just about uh, this girl who's a new type who gets rescued by Char and gets raised by like this pilot. She becomes like an engineer for him and they're for the Xeon. And uh, it's very weird because all it is is them going like, I don't want you to die. You're like a father to me. And he goes... I'm not going to die. I'm like a father to you. And like, there's some blue-haired, there's a blue-haired Federation Gundam pilot that tries to kill them both uh, and like fails. It ends up that no one dies and they both go to like, you know, Axis, just like the plant, the, the like base, yeah. the Xeon play. They basically just move there and work at like a, they open their own sh like flower shop or, wow. or something. But it was just straight up like, Oh, Char rescued me. I'm a new type. I became the, an engineer and eventually piloted stuff, and I didn't want my father figure to die, who was like a, some... He was a test pilot, so he was one of the best pilots, but he's never killed anybody before. 
and wow. she maintains that he never still kills anyone through his duration through the war and they just retire and that's like in 26 minutes they do this that was just twilight access it's very fast it's weird yeah. it's just like right on youtube that you can watch it, it right. it's very funny how that occurs um apologies and then getting into our final thing thunderbolt and um I actually had, so I cracked up because I never thought I'd have this many notes on a show, which I'm going to keep it toned down for it for the most part. But okay. um, the, the what I have so had for it, at least it was mo- mostly for the first season, which uh, for those that don't know, Thunderbolt is two seasons. Each season is four episodes, regular length, like 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too long at all, honestly. You could probably get through it in one or two days. But uh, the animation for this one's superb, like Unicorn, but it feels... It's really good. Uh, it feels different, either, because mm-hmm. I think the uh, the color grading or the details on people, they feel much different. Like, the eyes feel different in terms of the animation style. Um, it feel, I don't want to say it feels more artsy, but it feels more artsy, if that makes sense. With the, it, It's the got really... Kind of okay, it's got animation. really saturated colors, too. Yeah. That, that helps. That's what I, I think. Feeling. I think that helps with the style of it. And, um, like, like a lot of, like, there's a lot of moments during this show where I'm like, this feels really retro, even though I know it's really new. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's like they made a 90s style, uh, show now. Yeah. Um, there's so much, literally uh, anything I've been bitching about earlier, I have no problem with Gundam Unicorn. Like Gundam Unicorn, uh, sorry, Gundam Thunderbolt. Gundam? thunderbolt is fucking amazing it's so good to me um, i think out of all of them it's the tightest package yeah like yeah. you don't really need much backstory going into it nope uh everything sort of wraps up at least in a sadder fact i've only seen the first volume so yeah. i thought it was pretty good i haven't seen the second season yet oh you've been seeing the second oh okay gotcha and then um. on top of that i just think it's um i think as much as people might say not to, I often use it as like my introductory show for people because I'm like, yeah. if you like Gundam Thunderbolt, you can at least branch off from there for what experience you like. You like how fast they go. Yeah. A lot of the AUs, they do that. If you like the grittiness, there's ones that are even more gritty. Yeah. And then if you just like the balance of it, then yeah, Universal Century for you. Yeah, because there's like, like, there's a lot of moments that are fun. And then there's like really, like really dark. Like they they absolutely emb- in Gundam Thunderbolt they embrace like the war aspect tenfold. Like there's a yeah. part where there's a part where like the Zeon are like peacefully like hanging around like this one room, and and a bunch of Fede- Federation like Marines like breach the room and they're like, listen, we're out of oxygen. We need your supplies. And all the Zeon are like, alright, bro, like, chill. We're literally just chilling here. And it the yeah. whole while, it was a distraction. So a mobile suit on the outside of the ship could fucking, like, get a target read on them. And activate his beam saber on these individuals. And Oh, that was the hostage situation. Yes, yeah, that was, it was that, that whole thing was, I mean, the whole like, time the Xeon were literally going to blow up the ship with everyone and on that, No, and that's the other level to it. And that's the other level. Like, the whole time you're just like, oh, yeah, the Xeon are just being peaceful and just hanging out. But, like you just said, the whole time they were going to, like, 
draw as many Federation in as possible to blow them all up. Like, both sides are assholes. Both, like, it's just a whole, it's a really, like, well-rounded experience of, like, showing how shitty and dark war can be, how brutal both sides can be. Because both sides were willing to fucking die at that point. Well, the engineer, uh, yeah. um, the engineer friend of uh, EO Fleming, who's like mm-hmm. the, the the Gundam pilot, the girl with the glasses. Uh, he, yeah, he's like, hey, could we not kill each other? Yeah, and then they're like, hey, it worked. We fucking stabbed them all. Like, but, okay, um, that that beam saber scene, that one kind of shook me a bit because I was like, oh, that was good though. That was a good shot. Absolutely. Like, especially all those, um, all the Gundam, all the mobile suit pilots that the Federation had there were getting massacred. They were all cadets, oh my god. So you feel really bad. Yeah, because right before that, going on. Yeah, because right before that, you get this really good. It's subtle, but it's a really good characterization scene. Where like yeah. the 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 antagonist is going through and he's like seeing all of the replacement pilots that come in. And like Cameron just said, they're all cadets. And you can tell they're cadets because not only are they like artistically well rendered, like they all look younger than what we've seen. They look like kids and they're but saluting the Gundam. <laughs> also, they were taking selfies. They were taking yeah, selfies. Yeah, very much so. In front of their own mobile stuff. And it was it's a really subtle but it was a really nice touch to show that like these guys have no fucking clue how horrible of an experience they're about to like fly into. Like I, I liked it because one thing it kind of reminded me of of it was a good horrors of war section mm-hmm. because one yeah dude I would definitely be taking selfies with the friggin' dude! mobile suit I got assigned to especially if I was that age. Absolutely. And then, oh hell yeah. Like, Absolutely. Guys are like kissing their girls like it looks fun like dude a mobile suit deployment looks fun and then when they all get deployed and the thing that, that kills me is like the zeon guy the zeon that's like not particularly skilled he just like he just knows the game and he's just like fucking yeah. up so many cadets but and he's like yeah, yeah this is easy like what a break but what i thought was even crazier is when they they get him with just mass fire like one of them's just smart enough to be like hey guys like we should group up and just shoot all at the same time and that's yeah. enough to kill him, even though yeah. he's like a vet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was it was a good way to establish yeah. that like, yo, anyone can die out here. Just yeah. I I also want to say that like the 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 main fight of like season one, like where the the antagonist and the protagonist, they both get their like spec ops like mobile suits. They're both like custom high end mobile suits, like. Like the the Federation guy gets his like pseudo Gundam. Eel Fleming gets a Gundam, and uh, the other one gets the gets a uh, Psycho Zaku. Yeah, Psycho Zaku. Yeah, he gets a really high end. They both get like the highest end experimental versions like that are available to their branches. Like they're both, for all intents and purposes, they're both in Gundam level like mobile suits. They and when they fight, they neither of them. Neither of them are new types, right? Like, they're, no. just, they're just really skilled pilots. And I love this. I love this so much. Because, like, there's none of that bullshit where it's just like, oh, I can see the next person before they're going to make it. It's just like, it's just raw pilot skill. And both of their mobile suits get fucked up to the point where they can't operate anymore. And they have, it's a stalemate. Like, and they have to call it quits. Like, 
Well, that's the, that's the interesting thing was, um, for the most part, uh, I'm trying to remember, Daryl was the yeah, other yeah, name yeah, yeah, yeah. of the uh, Xeon pilot. And I wouldn't even say that Eo Fleming's the antagonist. I'd say he's the other protagonist. Yeah, where you're, you're getting right. both sides that's of that's the story for it. Because honestly, Eo, I liked because he they both have tragedy, but in different ways uh, where uh, Daryl, you know, he was in the infantry. He lost his legs. Yeah. Uh, fighting um, in pretty much over sector uh, over side four, he loses one arm, and then they go, "Yo, if we take off your other arm, we can turn you into the Psycho Zaku pilot." And he just says, "Okay, fine." Yeah. And they Crazy use shit. that. Whereas, uh, so, like it's interesting because Daryl's a good sniper. He's not a good pilot, and he's, he's only like, a good he's honestly the... an average pilot. Like until he gets like jacked in. Right? Like, yeah, because he jacked in. It's just it's like controlling your own body, which yeah. is why he's so good at it. It's just as if you're flying around yeah. yourself without a giant mech and that uh, you're inside cause, of. Because towards the end of that, like after he gets after he and the uh, the Fleming get uh, into a stalemate and they both lose their high end mobile suits, it shows because like you know he proved himself as a good pilot. Uh, Daryl was shown in it in like a Gelgu, a high end zeon mobile suit and he could barely operate it because of his his prosthetics yeah uh and then whereas eo you know he's actually a pretty good pilot yeah and uh i know miles we watched it with uh chris hines and yeah. i remember we were losing our minds when we he's like i play jazz music and <laughs> it just has the insane jazz music playing as he's like flying around and it's interesting because it's like the jazz music, the way it's playing is incredibly chaotic. Yeah. And like when he grabs one of the pilots, he straight up just like uses this as a human shield and he's just like flying around with him. And it's like the, one of the pilots is just like his, his, uh, Zaku is just like flying forward, like front facing, just like, Oh my God, what's happening to me? Yeah. yeah and, uh, that was wild. It was insane. Like the way he pulls it all off and he's like, they're like, Oh wait, you're still alive. And he's like, yeah. And then, Fleming comes and he's like, yeah, but not anymore. <laughs> Just fucking murks him. Dude, I oh, think God. my favorite one is when Daryl is about to snipe Eo. And he, he just gets him. Like, it's just like, that's the rhythm of combat. Like, wrong face, wrong time. It's the end of your life. And then that bolt of lightning, <laughs> face is like... Oh my like, God, that was great. I'm like, dude, yeah. fate's on his side. I think it was also hella funny, like, in the beginning, Eo is like, yo, watch this, guys. And he's, like, the first one to get shot. Yeah. And, like, he at least escapes. And it's, like, the, um, uh, what was her name? It was, um, Carla. Like, she has the, her boyfriend. He's like, wait, what's going on? He opens his, his, uh, his suit opens up. And Fleming just comes in with a pistol and is like, nice oh, yeah. suit. Think I'll take it. And just blasts him. And the best part is funny. the other pilots have it on camera <laughs> yeah. watching this dude get shot and like the other pilot like Fleming coming in and going, Oh, that was you guys? That's crazy. Well, if you hear me if you see me again, you'll hear me via the jazz music, and then you're all gonna die. And then just proceeds to fly away. And I'm like, okay, Fleming is ruthless, but he's my favorite character in this show. But he's, got of style. He <laughs> he's got so much style and yeah. Yo, and um, then he goes and bangs his CEO, like... Yes. That was epic. Yo, poor Cla Claudia... I feel Claudia bad for her. Up. I feel bad. Well, you know what they were to each other, right? Like... 
No, okay. what's yeah, that? They... I thought you were going to tell us. All right. I mean, I, I was wondering if you I guys think I do, yeah, so, but explain further. So the whole uh, the whole story of that area was like they're fighting over the wreckage of side four. Yeah, the yeah. Thing they were this, they were the, like this... best friends though, right? Like before, yeah, so like, the they Zeon were childhood destroyed... friends beforehand. So the Zeon had destroyed side four. Uh, Eel Fleming's father was the mayor. Ugh. It was a mayor or the mayor inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he killed himself. You know, as Eo sees that shit, and he's just like, "Oh my god," because it's like everything's happening, all the shit's going to shit. Um. He grew up there, and they were, the whole thing, they were called, like, the Brotherhood of Moor, because they were, like, the people that lived on Side 4, and they wanted revenge for its destruction. And the whole mm. thing was, like, I think it was Cornelius was the engineer. Yeah, it was uh, Eo, Claudia, and Cornelius all grew up together. They were, like, friends on Side 4 together. And then mm. they all enlisted together after, like, everything happened, mm. and they joined to, like, basically avenge Side 4. Eo, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, Cornelius yeah. became an engineer, Claudia became an officer and eo became a pilot uh but eo and claudia were always together it was just so happened that she became his co and the whole thing was like the pressure was getting to her to command especially for the fact that side four was just like a death ground where it was already a graveyard from the destruction but from the yeah. amount of battles they had fought there it increased like the graveyard that they were fighting in and she was only in charge because everyone else had at that point a, a, above her had died yeah. And that's why she was like all fucked up and taking drugs and stuff yeah. because like the pressure was too much. Whereas EO, you know, EO sees and he cares and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you getting high? Are you kidding me? Um, but he's just, a and it was just like that whole thing where everyone in that crew was from side four, even like, yeah. you know, she gets shot at the end because yeah. she's trying to save her like oh second in command. Yeah, and God. he's like, I lost my whole family on side four. Fuck you for being like not a good enough commander to me. And then, yeah, he just shoots her yeah, out. Didn't, and they, didn't, that whole didn't shit her second-in-command, like, witness her getting frisky and was like, you motherfucker. And, like... Yeah, he, he kept calling her, like, the princess and all this stuff because he never took her seriously. That was so unfair. Um, that was unfair. Yeah, I mean, that dude, like, the whole thing was that dude had already lost his entire family. Yeah. So he was just waiting to die, too, that whole time. It was... Um, I mean, okay. He was very... Yeah. Very hard. I, um, I feel like Gundam... just, like, feeling... Yeah, I feel like Gundam Thunderbolt, like, really, like... It really embraces like that 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 feeling of despair and loss that we were talking about earlier in terms like that we've seen commonly throughout a bunch of like different anime. Like Thunderbolt really like takes that and runs with it. Like yeah, um, um, and, and and like doesn't do a bad job with it. If I'm being no, honest. very much so. like it, it and yeah yeah. So, like, another thing for it where, oh, you know, I was talking about the music in Unicorn. Yeah. Uh, the music in Thunderbolt was very interesting because it's, like, really the first and possibly the only time we've really seen, like, a very strong and dominant uh, diegetic presence for music. Where, you know, if it's not diegetic, it means, like, the, the movie, the, the, the music's not in that world. You're just hearing it as an audience mm. overlaying over whatever is going on. Ooh. Whereas if it's diegetic, it is in the world itself. And from the most part like they kind of mix it in where you're kind of yeah, yeah. sometimes you don't know but it feels like the entire time it's diegetic where eo fleming is playing jazz anytime he's in the, the isn't he playing uh, it on gundam. a walkman no less like uh yeah he's playing in the walkman and he has it outside yeah. of the gundam playing <laughs> uh whereas uh daryl yeah if i remember correctly correct me if i'm wrong he's playing the blues and i think uh, you're correct uh, he he plays the blues when he's doing no, his own thing. I, I he has think a you're little, right. Um, he has a little boombox. Yeah, Daryl's a lot and, more chill. Yeah, uh, so he's playing the blues. Well, it's also a difference where 
EO is could only really feel good when he's like risking his life and stuff, yeah, especially yeah. after all the tragedies. You know, he lost his entire fucking home and yeah. his father. Uh, whereas like Daryl is always depressed because of his own personal injuries. Like his family, yeah. I believe, is still alive. You can never and, forget that. Uh, yeah, whereas he's an amputee, like he's lost yeah. limbs and whatnot. And so he's just like perpetually kind of always feeling depressed in a, some form, which is why he plays the blues. And like for Daryl, uh, you actually have a very important, like the, the scenes for this are very, very important where uh, when he wakes up after the fight and he lost his left arm, yeah. he has the flashback of, uh, I think his left or right arm, whichever, whichever arm he lost is the arm that he has yeah. the memory of getting that boombox that day going out shopping with his father yeah. and he holds his father's hand and mm. they emphasize that when he wakes up and he sees that hand is no longer there and it feels like it's like that memory is being stolen from him because no yeah. the what created that connection with him and his father is gone besides the boombox um so that was the, the way they utilize just that kind of visual storytelling with that with like they should they show all everyone on the ships like the visual storing storytelling specifically in this show is superb and just like all the ways yeah. they just show Absolutely. actions going on or memories and everything else um mm. but the you know i can't remember what kind of music it was but the music tied to eo's father it's like there's a song his father loved it was his favorite song and uh it's a it's a nice song and i forget who's playing it uh for eo he hates that song because it unlocks specifically that memory of his father killing himself and like all the tragedy that befell that because it's like he loved his father but uh yeah it, that song reminds him of all that and that's what makes him emotionally vulnerable which is why like for his personality utilizing the jazz and everything else he tries to lock that depressing side away whereas like daryl on the other side can just kind of embraces it yeah but it's even more depressing for daryl because you're like oh this dude embraces this depression that kind of i mean honestly that kind of sucks but like for eo and like at least he's having somewhat of a good time right. when he's going through his oh, own yeah. shit um yeah and it even like comes to a head where you know afterwards the xeon reinforcements come and uh daryl comes face to face with eo and eo's like i can't believe i lost to you dude <laughs> like you don't have fucking limbs i can't believe it and but he's also like wait so you did that to yourself partially like he knows he cut off his arm he's like you're telling me that you did all of that just to beat me how fucking sad is that and Derek, yeah. like that really the thought of like hey you just dedicated that just to attack one guy who's not even dead and like what was it was that really what it what, was it worth it and the like daryl's eyes widen he, he realizes like oh my god why did i do that like was it even worth it for him like that doesn't make any sense and that was like a really big thing that's like yeah seeing that i knew i'm like all right both of these guys are protagonists i don't yeah. see like one being evil and the other not being or the other Honestly, being like purely good that sounds pretty on par with mobile suit kind of like like think about I mean, eight MS team and uh, OG Gundam yeah. where it's like there's clearly not a right or wrong. It's like it depends on whose story you're following more more so than anything. But um Yeah. Uh otherwise like Yeah. 
it was just interesting the way they do it uh the way they use key memories just like uh one other one really fast was when they're testing the the zaku uh the psycho zaku with daryl like he's remembering in memory when he's running on the beach and his family's there and he's like in full that's how why he's so good with it is because he's utilizing his memory is like oh my god this feels great i can run for the first time again i'm just running in space in this fucking uh mobile suit pretty much but uh i thought that was really well done and yeah yeah uh miles would you be okay if i quickly just ran through some of season two yeah go for it go for it i i know what happens really i just haven't watched it okay so yeah it was it was weird seeing like a completely different like you know you get the they go to obawaku obawaku occurs and they're like that's when daryl breaks out naked and like rescues everyone and they're like oh not daryl eo fleming and they're like eo fleming you rescued us and you're naked um but you start getting introduced to all these other characters and one thing i did kind of like miles because like i i like that this show starts off depressing because you're like you're not you already know what's going to happen. You're like, oh, a bunch of people are going to get fucked up and die. So you don't feel, like, too sad when it occurs. Whereas, like, other ones, they try to build it up and then steal from you. And you're like, fuck, that's tragic. Yeah. Uh, season two has a slightly lighter tone. Mm. Where it's introducing a lot of characters on both sides. Like, the Xeon, there's a new type that joins. Uh, there's, like, non-amputated soldiers from the Living Dead squad that join like the Zeon remnant because now this is post one year war and uh like this new um uh new type like he actually he straight up does like the you know how like with the older like uh Camille fucking Amaro Judo and stuff they do like the little um flash and they're like and they like have that that new type spider sense when something was going to happen yeah. Uh, yeah. this dude does it too and he's just not even the funny thing is he's not the main character at all for the Xeon either he's just a supporting pilot um and they're like he's like oh shit listen if you fire in that direction uh it'll save us all and the dude's like dude like one pilot's like i don't know about this and the other is like dude just shut up and listen to the new type he knows what he's talking about mm. and it was really cool the way they utilized that but also interesting that for the it feels like really the first time like we're getting a new type just as a supporting role and not the protagonist yeah, character right? um whereas like uh and then they're like just on the earth like near australia trying to survive and hide out and uh the federation are also building up and taking out some Zeon remnant but now you're getting new characters as well where you have like a, a ship captain who's like a pilot uh a couple other people like, there's this more burly woman that's another, like, ship captain. Uh, this one guy who loves smoking cigars and whatnot. Uh, a new pilot who, Miles, she's actually fantastic. Her name is Bianca. And she's, like, a, a mobile suit pilot who is, like, the new partner to EO. She is a full jazz lover, too. Whoa. And they start completely, like, vibing where... They straight up both, like, she plays the keyboard and he plays the drums and do, they do, like, a full jazz concert for, uh, like, their whole, like, ship Shit. at one point. Um, that sounds rad. And, but, like, it's straight up, like, EO is a, you learn, like, oh, EO's actually a happy guy. Like, he seems like he's enjoying stuff a lot. Uh, and uh, they even have, like, for the first time, because you don't really have it the entirety of the first season, but there's a small portion of actual humor 
where like hmm. uh there's an underwater fight and eo gets a new gundam it's like the atlas gundam and it's actually really fucking cool looking and uh him and bianca like go underwater to fight these underwater um xeon mobile suits and they get their ass kicked but they still take them out in the process and when they get pulled out uh both of their ships are incapacitated for like the coming battle and he's like listen i'm gonna do they like start blaming each other and uh cornelius comes behind him and starts like pulling his ears like you piece of shit you fucked up the gundam already (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, awesome. and bianca's like yeah that's what you get and she go he goes you too she immediately covers her ears and goes i'm sorry <laughs> and, like, and it's like oh shit they're they're making that's these characters cool. have more of a less depressing that's good like lifestyle um and it gets into a point where i'll just say this miles like they bring in a mm. third faction uh oh, there boy. is a for, there's a civilization in Australia that wow. is now becoming super like ultra religious where they're becoming kind of fanatical and they're being led by a new type who was in the care of some federation uh. Woman, uh, who's there. She's like their commander and this dude's name is Leffen Fu. He's some new type that escaped and now is using his new type abilities, tricking people into following his new made up fanatic religion making people shave their heads and he's like we're gonna kill the federation and zeon in our area um oh wow the craziest part is somehow claudia survived and they got claudia and like indoctrinated her too and oh uh, wow much like yeah it's like at a point where um you all right back there yeah yeah, i'm doing good i just went to to my fridge hey god i actually uh, do you want to pop out now and we'll just finish up yep. if you want? Sounds good. All right. But thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. So Definitely, man. All right. I'll catch you guys later. You have a good one, Chris. You too. See you, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Peace out. Later, dude. Um, But uh, the crazy thing was, like, uh, they're trying to be auto- fully autonomous where they're, like, going to pretty much um, revolt. And yeah. Uh, EO is trying to rescue Claudia. He it's a whole thing where there's like these uh plane style ships and he goes from one to the other looking for her. he doesn't see her. He'll jump off the ship and then proceed to just destroy it and go next one where is she? And yeah. uh, the whole time like Cla- uh, Bianca is like piloting another ship to like carry him to the next one and she you could tell the jealousy where she's like who is this woman? Why am I helping you to find this woman? Uh, and you're like, okay, you're seeing a love triangle starting to form here too. Mm. Um, but it ends on a cliffhanger where they're like, oh, uh, this dude who's leading this fanatical force, Levin Fu, he's a new type. Yeah. And then it just ends. And I did not know it was done. And I'm like, wait, that's it? And they go, yeah, until season three. And I'm like, wait, when's season three? Dude, this came out in like 2017. Oh, yeah. Two. And I learned, uh, yeah, what were you mm-hmm. saying? The, the manga is actually coming to an end soon. Yeah. Uh, so I learned why. Uh, why. Do you know why it took so long? No, no. Why is that? To happen. Uh, Yasuo Ashitaki, uh, the, the mangaka for Thunderbolt, which is the mangaka basically the author, I assume? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he had to take an extended leave of absence due to suffering from tendonitis 
that greatly pushed back any plans regarding the future of the anime ad- adaptation. So uh, the team that was animated, like creating the series, were like, "We'll just w- we'd rather wait till he finishes, so we can mm. take that material then instead of creating our own like offshoot, kind of like what they've done with the original Full Metal Alchemist and whatever yeah. else. You know how they always do that. So, which I appreciate that they're doing that, but they said like it's still gonna happen. Season three will happen. We just haven't done it yet." And it's yeah. like during that whole wait, they've done everything else. Like they've done, they're doing the Hathaway trilogy now. They did the uh, Doan's Island. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and everything hey. else like narrative, Twilight Axis, Breaker Battle Log, and the build fighters and divers and shit like that. So yeah. that's the reason why Thunderbolt Season 3 isn't out yet. And at first I got scared because, I mean, you know this. Um, I was getting F91 vibes and got like, dude, no, please don't do that again. Like, I, I don't yeah. want you to create something so fucking good and not finish it. Um, yeah. That, so th- that, oh, that's what I was worried about. I think that's probably why I haven't watched season two is I, I just don't want the, the hangout, like the cliffhanger. Um, an unfinished story is almost worse than a bad story. My goodness! It, yeah, it kill. It, it's a, it's a, it's such a killer, man. It, it's it's pretty insane. So I might um, just read the manga and then just uh, watch when when the eventually drop. Um, yeah, I understand that. I'm a huge fan of they're like, well, well, to be candid, the thing I like about it is it's called like a, I call it a, a toy box philosophy, where Thunderbolt what they seem to really want to do is just all the machines and scenarios you only get a glimpse of, or you don't really get to see fleshed out. Uh, they're, they're putting in Thunderbolt and really giving it some fun screen time. Uh, and especially some like more esoteric mobile suits, as well as like takes on it. Original ones. Um, I, I was really enjoyed that the Thunderbolt sector wasn't the main focus of it for the entirety uh apparently the the manga goes to all different things uh something yeah, that got me it's only the first season yeah yeah it got me really interested in it was actually uh i saw the a spoiler from the final chapter that's been released so far and they have a really good take on like a classic gundam fight so i i was like okay i need to read this 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 seems right up my alley. And and while we're on the topic of manga, sorry to, to segue into this. Oh, go right into it. Remember um, Stardust Memory. So yes. Stardust Memory, they, they're doing like an origin style remake in a manga where they're retelling the, the story except fleshing it out. So it's like Stardust Memory if the story was as detailed as it needed to be. Like they're not cutting corners on the story anymore. And apparently it makes it, like, it's called Stardust Memory Rebellion, and it makes it, like, a lot more fun. Because um, as much as people rag on the origin, I actually like how the origin consolidates, reorganize, and gives, like, definitive answers to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it does have to sacrifice a little bit of nuance for it. Uh, the, seeing the same treatment getting done for Stardust Memory is dope. So I'm hoping eventually they catch up or they at least get that treatment to F91. Because it seems like a gold mine for them just to sit on F91 and, and not at least return to it in manga form and clear it out. Cause yeah, because Rebellion... it, it had a manga sequel, right? Yeah, Crossbone Gundam's the sequel. And um, okay. 
I'm just super stoked just from how Stardust Memory, like, it, it's my favorite version of a remake, where it's like the remake's not like they're going a radically different direction. It's the same thing without the flaws. Yeah. So they're just fixing the story. So I hope they, they do that across more Gundam, which is would be a very welcome one. Oh, very much so. Honestly, like, I feel like after I finally do all the, uh, when I finish, like, when I watch Doan's Island, when I'm, like, completed on Universal Century, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know if it's just because I want to feel the pain again, but I might go back and just rewatch F9-1 and then, like, read the Crossbone Gundam manga just because I'm just so, like... I think that was the one that just irked me so much because it felt better than most of the other yeah universal century stuff i watched and i'm like wait why is this so interesting um so it's probably yeah, the freshest we'll bad guy uh like dude's in an iron mask <laughs> yeah i i like just how the the crossbone vanguard's just like new like they have cool suits but it's a good not zeon and then yes um, yes the the other thing is the animation's like probably some of the coolest in the franchise in its own way, like that that Char's counterattack style with like the thin lines and such, um, before it got the the glossy look. It's like the best looking of the old school style, which makes me like it a lot. Uh, yeah, I wish it just got the this treatment, the story treatment it deserves. Like it just bums me out that that version of it's going to be the only one you get to experience. Yeah, no, I agree completely, and it's like God it. If they ever do it, I will jump over the moon. I mean, I'm, I'm at least happy we'll eventually get Thunderbolt Season 3 now. Like, it's now two th- the one thing I'm for sure waiting for, knowing it's going to come. And then mm. another thing that feels like it'll never come, but hoping that they'll bring it back somehow, being like F91 and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, I think I think that's pretty much it. Did you have anything else? Are we... So we, can, we, we covered it pretty well. And yeah, whatever I would have so. added, I think Chris picked up on. Yeah, Chris got a lot. <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, he, he was giving me energy. Um, but yeah, that's been the show. Uh, I will say, uh, I guess, like, before I'll say the rest, but, uh, of course, you know, email us at sutrasidetech.gmail.com uh, if you want to send us any feedback, comments, or ask us a question on the show we can answer. Uh, you know, subscribe. Give us a five-star review, like, share out uh, the show on any podcast platform, whether it's a, a, you know Apple Podcast or YouTube. All those things will help us out a lot, especially the five-star reviews. You know, uh, And then, of course, you can follow the show on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Sutraside Talk. And you can follow me at uh, GoGoComzilla on Twitter. And Miles, where can people find you? They can find me as the Counter S on Twitter or MilesWCD on Instagram. And you'll know it by the art. Very much so. His art is fantastic. You'll see Gundam art, Halo art, and many other things for sure. Uh, plus, uh, I'll have uh, Chris's info as well in the show notes. I believe he just is on Twitter, but you'll, uh, you'll see it there too. Uh, otherwise, Miles, would you be down to come on again for a second Gundam episode? Oh, yeah. For sure, yeah. for sure. And for those wondering, uh, we would be covering four things for that one. Uh, hopefully not bad, but the movie narrative that is apparently the sequel to Unicorn. Uh, the one Miles and I enjoy, even though I haven't finished it yet, and I ex- I'm excited to. But the Gundam Origin, uh, which shows all of Char, which will be really fucking good. 
And then uh, the two movies, Hathaway and Doan's Island. Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. I think yeah. two of those are my favorites. I love Doan's Island. I love Star. <laughs> I mean, the, the origin, that, that one is just so fun for me. And uh, Doan's Island actually comes out this coming week. It's going to be in theaters for two days. So I'm going to go check that out and watch it. Um, Lucky. And we'll come back and do this. Uh, I'm not sure which week yet. It'll either be October or November. Maybe October. We'll see uh, what everything's looking like. But um, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, most likely edited episode just because of the length. But uh, yeah. Otherwise, we will catch you guys next time. So long. See ya.